I need you to trust me because I'm a novice. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 27. I'm your host, Sammy St. Ledger, and this is the podcast about connections. We are talking science, psychology, spirituality, and about ourselves. And today, obviously, you could see by the title that we are getting kind of deep. We're digging into some things with self, but honestly, I think it's just more, if anything, of just a conversation that we all need to have, despite how upsetting it is. Last week, if you didn't see the episode, if you are a struggling graduate, just graduated and are freaked out about what to do with your life, I released a podcast about advice for postgrads. So if you need that help, click the link right now. But besides that, we are going to get into it today. I hope the audio is finally better. I've been struggling with audio for a minute now. So if you've been hanging out with me and noticed the quality of my voice changed, I apologize. But I hope resetting everything works. And yes, so regardless, we're, like I said, digging in today to a deeper conversation. So we're just going to get right into it. Trust me, trust yourself and trust the process because we are getting things started. Uh, I wish I didn't have to talk about this, but I, that's literally a privilege to not speak about something so dark, even as I say that I can, I can tell. Yesterday, Tuesday, I'm recording this on Wednesday, but Tuesday, March, check the date to make sure I have it right. Tuesday, March 24th. It's all over the news. I'm sure you've already seen it by now, but horrifically, there was a mass shooting at a school in Texas. It's bad. It already makes me want to cry just trying to talk about it, but we lost 18 kids and two teachers, 19 kids and two teachers, and it happened again. I I think it's horrific and I don't really even sometimes know where to begin with conversations like this. This podcast obviously is a podcast based in self-empowerment, but at the same time, I really try to keep it positive because I really do think that that is how we're going to make the changes that we obviously need to make. But something like this, it feels to me really tone deaf sometimes to come off with random topics and, you know, try to talk about something else when something so horrific just happened. So a couple of things that I want to touch on today, and I just really want to sit down and have this conversation, even just so we can all kind of process what's going on together. I'll first start off by saying reacting to the news yesterday, it's such an odd thing. And I think a lot of people can relate to kind of what's starting to happen and has probably been happening for a long time when it comes to seeing really upsetting things on the news. I think I know personally that we're starting to move into this tendency of hearing so many bad things. And obviously, I mean, hey, maybe I wouldn't say it started with the pandemic, but I would say that was when the scales really started tipping with only bad news, it started to feel like. And I think there's this really heavy tendency to start to just numb out. Like when you hear something, it's almost like I can feel myself like resist information sometimes. Like I've literally had thoughts like I literally cannot handle this information right now. And I don't even think it comes from a selfish place at all when you can't like take in bad stuff. I think it's not only a sensitive place, but being overwhelmed with so much negativity. That is, like I said, something like yesterday, nobody should have to experience, let alone hear about. 
the immediate tendency and something I've noticed progressively is this tendency to keep trying to kind of numb out to the news, suppress. And I found myself doing it yesterday. And I think the first emotion I had was just this helplessness and almost this like cynical feeling like, great, it happened again and we can't do anything. No one's going to do anything. Nothing's been done. So why is it going to be done? And I seriously believed it for a hot minute. And I think towards the end, it kind of got me thinking based on different things I was seeing from other people, based on interviews that were going on, that we have to be really, really careful about numbing out. And we have to be really, really careful about giving up hope. And I think the thing with that is there's a couple different things that are going on or that come to mind why this is tough. First off, from an evolutionary perspective, actually, we as human beings weren't meant to know about the information of the entire world. When you think about how humans used to move, you'd move in a tribe and you'd only really be responsible for knowing what was going on within that small group of people. Now it's a lot different when your brain that was used to just pretty much managing that at least, you know, back in the day now is so quickly with all this technology experiencing an overflow of negativity. So AI almost think it's like a, it feels like almost like a defense mechanism, like a protective mechanism when the brain starts to shut down. I mean, when we think about trauma, right, it's relatively normal. It's relatively normal for people to disassociate during traumatic events, to have out-of-body experiences. So it feels like they're not there. And I guess what I'm saying is that I totally get it. But the problem is, like I said, we, I saw a lot of people yesterday calling it a national health crisis, and it absolutely is. There is a number going around on Twitter and be careful because I've seen the number interpreted incorrectly, but basically CNN reported back in 2018 that between 2009 and 2018, there have been 288 school shootings, which is obviously heartbreaking. And the next comparable country is that of Mexico that has eight. And while eight is still a number that shouldn't exist, 288 and eight there's clearly, clearly a massive problem in the United States. And I actually saw also to even just put it even more into perspective, how big of a problem this is. Chris Hayes reported on MSNBC that now shootings is the number one cause of death in kids. It used to be automobile accidents. And since then, we've actually passed different regulations, legislation, ways we, for instance, cracked down on drinking and driving that have really reduced that number. But at the same time, still the leading cause of death, I, every, anybody watching could agree it shouldn't be gun violence for kids. When I think about how it's a problem and I think about the way that the way that so many people feel this urge of almost giving up and this helplessness and this powerlessness, it's A, that it's a clear problem, but it's B, that we've done nothing about it. This is about to be the 10th year of Sandy Hook. And yesterday was basically just a repeat of it. I'm sure every single person listening is familiar with Sandy Hook, but obviously it was a very similar situation. Son of kids, a shot. And shouldn't happen. So now trying to move into, I think, the, the what to do about it and the how do we focus on this in a way that can at least bring about change. <sighs> 
another horrific statistic I also saw was um, not even a stat, just someone pointed out on Twitter that people that survived the Parkland shooting now are literally old enough to have kids. And like they all haven't gotten to see obviously us pass any type of legislation that is that is going to keep their kids from living that same nightmare. Why haven't we passed legislation for anyone that I'm sure most people are familiar, but if you don't know, it's basically the fact that the NRA, which is the National Rifle Association, has an insane amount of money and an insane amount of power and an insane amount of influence when it comes to politics and is very able to persuade others to not take any stance against it. I mean, if you want to know my opinion on it, I literally think it's anybody that isn't able to live authentically is anybody that can be persuaded by money. Living authentically means being yourself, following your heart, striving to be the best version of you and the best version of you wants what's best for everybody else. So it's people that are cowards and have no sense of authenticity. I'd go as far as to say evil, but eh. no, maybe we'll go with that today. So like I said, now kind of moving into this not even positive look at it, but this at least like motivated look or this to put some movement to the conversation. It's a problem. And like I said, there's this tendency with all that horror going on to just forget about it or try to. But what I want to really bring into perspective today and the point of making this podcast, A, it was checking myself. Because like I said, I, I noticed yesterday that I felt like there was this tendency to numb out. But The thing with numbing out to anything in life is that our emotions exist within our bodies because they are trying to tell us something. When you feel emotions, it's guidance. And if anything, and really maybe the biggest thing it can tell us to do is that is to make this change. We could look at it that we can't make the change, but if we're sad and if we're angry and so many people are. I think it's important to know that we can find a way to do it. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I feel hopeless with this situation too. It's not like I don't, but I realize the danger in thinking that you can't make a change, even if legit, I think first off, I'll say though, logistically, I see why people think like that. I see why I dropped to thinking like that. It's like, the same exact thing happened 10 years ago and no change was made. So why logically would you think that there could be change? And why logically after so many shootings, not even just that happening 10 years ago, we see it so often that it's barely even making the news anymore sometimes. It's such a common thing for us. So again, logically, it's like nothing's changing. It's not going to. But the thing with believing nothing can change is we talk about it on here. Your thoughts really do create your reality. And if you don't believe change is possible, it's not you create this limiting belief, you create this self-fulfilling prophecy, and that goes for anything in life, even right down to the individual. I think of it even from the perspective of someone perhaps struggling with addiction, something like that. That's a horrific thing to go through. And there are points, I imagine that so many people feel like I can't change, I can't stop, whether it's drinking, but it also could be any other type of vice, something, not even to say vice, because it's an addiction, but any type of thing that someone's struggling with. When you believe you can't change, you won't. So we have to keep believing, no matter how horrific it gets, that we can change. And we have to have that some sense of hope in us so we can try to take steps. 
and even going off of this idea of this dangerous mindset to be in, that things always exist the way that they are, it's more or less kind of the idea of the bystander effect is that when you don't speak up, when you don't do anything, it allows things A, to continue, but to get worse. So you have to be aware. Yes, there's going to be a fight coming up and there's been a fight and more of a continuation of this fight. But I'd say it's a dark topic, but we're already on dark topics today. So I think about Nazi Germany. It's going, Jesus. For instance, where people started noticing what was happening to people of Jewish faith and didn't say anything and got scared, hoping it's not them. It's it's something like that where it just allows things to keep happening when we adopt that attitude. And there's proof of it in almost every horrific thing that's ever happened is people that didn't speak up. So don't be that person that doesn't speak up in some capacity. You can't let things go by you without recognizing them. And I'm not saying to ever stew in it. I think a a situation like this is so odd because... I don't know about anybody else. Sometimes when things are terrible in the world, I feel guilty just kind of existing and doing things that I like. I I never I'm over time have kind of figured out what to do as far as giving into that that sadness and really educating myself on stuff and kind of submerging, but also remembering to take care of myself and not just stew in the sadness, because ultimately, yes, it builds empathy. Yes, it builds understanding. But eventually for anybody, it's too much. And at that point, though, that's where we can come out and start taking action once we have tended to ourselves too and have that energy back. So the biggest step, and I think this goes without saying, but it's massive. We got to vote. We got to vote. And the United States is notorious for people only showing up for the presidential election. When in reality, there's a you know, midterm elections, there's so many different elections going around, going on, even down to local elections. And it makes me think last week I talked or two weeks ago now, I talked about the history behind abortion. And we talked about, I'll link it below if you want to check it out. But one of the points of it was that people that are pro-life are for the most part single issued voters, which means they only vote for someone based on whether or not they also carry a pro-life stance. And the thing with that single issue vote mindset, it has helped elect so many people because it mobilized so many people to go to the polls. So the way I see it, if you can elect a president, which, like I said, you could check out this episode. You Basically, if you could elect Ronald Reagan off of that belief, because so many evangelicals had that pro-life belief, we could elect a lot of officials if you simply go and vote in any election simply based on whether or not they are going to get regulations passed in any capacity, whether it's, like I said, legislation, regulation, any type of anything. I can't always think about exactly what it'd be, but you could genuinely look at a politician, anyone running and just be like, gun legislation, bet, vote. That's it. It's not like you have to learn an incredible amount about politics. Honestly, this is where I see it's like, hey, man, flip the coin, use it to your advantage. Maybe we can. Another thing that I think is always been big, I think social media has made it even bigger. When I think about the way that we're now able to share information about something so serious, I think it's really, really beneficial. And 
yesterday, and you may have seen this, this I'm also going to link below, but coach Steve Kerr, who is the coach of the Golden State Warriors, yesterday before the game during a press conference, used his platform and basically said a little bit of what I'm saying, but talked about the shooting and talked about that we cannot numb out to it talked a lot about how, and this stat is so true. And I I think this stat should almost be empowering, even though it could almost be frustrating to think about. He touched on the fact that 90% of Americans, regardless of political belief, want some form of background checks when it comes to gun legislation. And long story short, and we'll get back to that stat in a minute, but he used that platform right then and there to say like, this has to stop. Like we have to keep talking about it. Like we have to find a way to end this. And I mean, like I said, look at that man, he's a prominent basketball coach, but he's using his platform. And I think it's a, what he said is I think was really necessary to say. So I highly recommend checking it out, but also it's one more reminder that no matter what you're doing, you can use your platform. I'm using it today, clear example, but even on social media, I think it's helpful. I know people kind of debate here and there. And I think sometimes the thought is like social media doesn't do anything if you don't go out and do something. But sometimes I think, hey, anything that helps does help. I, I think it's important to not just dismiss things as ineffective when in reality, if it keeps the conversation going, it's helpful. So Using your platform in any capacity, I think, is really huge past voting. I mean, and past this, I think this is another time for two different reasons to just give a big reminder that we have to check in on people, on our friends, people. Obviously, so many people are affected by this circumstance. And I think about, obviously, it's the immediate effect, which is the families. I mean, obviously, the kid that's just sad to talk about but the kids that lost their lives and the families of the kids and teachers for that matter but then we think about the community and then past that a lot of people horrifically in the United States have now been exposed to some type of gun violence that's really triggering so now I think if even people throughout the United States that have experienced this and are seeing it again you know that's another person I don't personally know anybody connected, thank God, knock on wood. But at the same time, like, keep in mind anybody that can be triggered and check in with them. And last but not least, and this is just a a word to the wise for anything in life, it could doesn't necessarily even have to mean the danger of others, but even the danger to oneself. You've heard it before, but often there are signs before something like this happens. Often the person that perpetrates it is clear about it to somebody something I saw on social media they saw that uh, the shooter basically had pictures on Facebook of guns stuff that you just look at and you're like that looks like a massive red flag that looks dangerous so keep that in mind it's the whole idea of if you see something say something but I think it's just one more good thing just keep it in the back of your mind that that is really important to do and I always touch on this massively I touched on this after the eight deaths at the Travis Scott Astroworld Festival. But when it comes to your intuition, make sure you listen. Always, always, always. If something in your body says run, if something in your body says this feels off, it I I will almost promise you that 100 percent of the time it is. And like I said, if you're wrong, great. But 
doesn't like just it doesn't even matter at that point because it's so likely you'll be right that you just gotta follow it gotta listen to whatever you have to do and now to end this on I guess a a lightly optimistic note because I don't that's just my character I would say I one thing that my mom always says to me and I didn't always think of it as proof of goodness I kind of thought of it more negatively in hindsight But she would always talk to me about and still does growing up. She would always say, you know, Sam, when you think about it, World War II wasn't that long ago. When you think about it, segregation wasn't that long ago. When you think about it, slavery wasn't that long ago. When you think about it, dot, dot, dot. And I used to think of it like, man, the world's messed up. We only recently got out of this bad stuff. But maybe, perhaps, if we flip it, look at it a little more glass half full, it's proof that we can get out of the worst things. If we can end those things, and I'm not saying one thing is obviously when you end something, you have the consequences that continue. Something like slavery, now we still see a ton of systemic racism. So it's not that you eradicate something, but it's not impossible to get legislation passed. It's not impossible to make the world a better place. And again, we have to see the fact that we've already done things in the past as proof of what else is possible. Another thing that I always like to think about, I've noticed for a long time now, the interconnectedness of the world. I think small instances are clear proof of the possibility or the existence of big instances. So I think about it like this. If you can change as a human being, if you can change as a person, if you can make the most simple change of your life, whether it's just getting into working out, whether it's getting up earlier, whether it's eating healthy, If you can make a small change there, you can make a bigger change elsewhere. And that even goes on to say that if you can make increasingly bigger changes or honestly, not even bigger changes, if you can make those small changes in your life, so can the world. When everybody comes together and now bringing back in Coach Kerr's statistic that 90% of Americans want some type of background check. If we have this many people that feel like this, it shouldn't be hard for us to make a difference. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of power. Like I said, with the idea of single issued voters, if you if 90 percent go and vote off of that. I wouldn't I venture to say this almost might not be an issue anymore. Like I will I would never really speak in absolutes, but that is so much power. So. Small changes lead to big changes. Having conversations leads to action. Not giving up hope leads to persevering. We have to keep pushing no matter how terrible it is. And no matter what, we have to fight to not numb out, even if every part of our body wants to. We have to lean into those emotions and we have to get them to make us move. And we have to let them get us to get other people like our senators to move. That's really all I have today. Like I said, if you want to check out any of the things that I talked about, I'm linking them below. I My heart goes out, obviously, to everybody that is being affected by this. It's terrible. We shouldn't have to experience it. But I think it opens up, once again, a lot of conversations, perhaps, for making that change and really reminding each other that we have to always, no matter what, hang on to hope. I always think about the... Uh, 
the Harry Potter quote, if you're familiar with it, from Albus Dumbledore, who he might not be a real man, but I think he's the smartest man in the world, where he always says, happiness can be found in even the darkest of times, but only to those who remember to turn on the light. I've always loved that quote. I want to end it on that high note. Find a way to turn on the light throughout all of this and take care of your friends, take care of yourself, and never give up hope. I'm Sammy St. Ledger. This is Trust Me, I'm a Novice. If you like the pod, follow on Instagram. Besides that, that's all I got today. Take care and trust me because I'm a novice.